think, or feel. My relationship with God has been estranged as of late. Not because I'm upset about a particular thing, but I've been finding myself questioning everything. I've been wondering if it's appropriate to view him as this giver of gifts. If I've been putting too much pressure on him to deliver miracles that I'm in need of. If it's something I should even expect from him. Because then I go seek the miracles. I look and measure the manifestation of that requested miracle. Almost as if I'm seeking the proof of his existence. Almost as if I'm looking for him to prove that my faith is worth having. Imagine how many people in the world put this pressure on him. I've been questioning and trying to define all sorts of things about him. If it's a him in the first place. If he's the man in the clouds granting people's wishes and making situations happen that connect to other situations and make each situation have some sort of internal meaning. You know, the everything happens for a reason thought. Lately, I'm not so sure of this. Questioning if my understanding of him is limited by my programmed imagination. Some sort of social and conditioning from my upbringing that tries to put God in a comfortable box that I can envision and comprehend. Something that I can wrap my brain around in some tangible, accessible, callable way that forms and gives shape to my relationship with him. A lot of these things I've taken for granted in the past. Things I haven't questioned in a long time. And I'm finding myself revisiting and looking to redefine a lot of what it all means. Is the universe really something you can express your desire to and it reverberates back your true intention? Is there really a thing as law of attraction or is it all just woo-woo? Lately, all the firmness of my belief that I used to stand on is shaking. Now, I will admit, I've been asking for a lot lately. And possibly not following it up with the doing required to make it happen. So naturally, my questioning of these metaphysical things is exasperated by my lack of my own doing. God only helps those who help themselves, right? And lately, I can't point to a lot of me helping myself. Which could be adding to the source of my discontentment and contention with this man above. I'm almost asking him to grant me things that are in my control. Which, in writing this and in the past couple weeks battling with this, I have tried to soften. And I've started instead to ask for things and ask him to mind more of things that are out of my control. And less for things that are in my control that I can help myself with. And trying to reclaim the control of the ones that are in my hands. Side note, this relationship with control is something I need to explore more. 
something that we'll have to revisit together. Regardless of all of this, I've kept the conversation going. I address him in my daily writings and even in his now questioned, formless, shapeless, and everything under question form. I still ask for his forgiveness. Maybe from that programmed part of me that hopes for mercy on some level for the questioning. But nonetheless, I am trying to soften my gaze and, and the pressure that I've been putting on our relationship. Maybe I've been asking for too much. Who am I even to ask for him to prove his existence to me? So what is the root of this shaken faith? What, what have I realized? That during these times of turbulence, when the requests for his grace increase, you have to walk even more by faith and even less through understanding. I've been doing the exact opposite. I've been trying to psychoanalyze God and trying to come up with a conscious comprehension model for my relationship with him. Part of me thought it's appropriate to do so, to rethink and revisit meaning that I may have assigned to our communication that is no longer serving me. As a general principle, you should revisit and upgrade meanings from the past to ensure that they still serve you today. But it's taken me down a deep, dark hole where I feel even more disconnected and distanced from my relationship with him. Instead of accomplishing the goal of the opposite, the renewed strength and kindling that I was hoping to get to. The intent of getting a firmer grip on the foundation of my faith has been backfiring and causing me to have a parallel thought pattern in which I've been doubting all faith-based thoughts and comments. Almost as this metacognitive part of me takes over and immediately turns down any consideration and credit given to the grand scheme of our life. It's, it's borderline nihilistic. This, this nihilism or the tossing away of inherent meaning and not believing everything serves a purpose lives in the darkest part of this hole that I talked about, where the light of God and all the optimism and enthusiasm that comes with it, it does not reach. You see, there is a place and time for your brain to think and a place and time for your heart to feel. And things like faith, belief, matters of the universe, attraction and such, these are not meant to be comprehended. These are meant to be felt. They're meant to be sensed. Words fail in their attempt to define what is undefinable. How can you attempt to define what is God? You would probably have an easier try easier time trying to understand what is he not. And that's probably a much shorter list. And even still, not many things come to mind. Again, there is a place for feeling. And where there is a place for feeling, thinking, 
will not do the job and vice versa. For example, during meditation, I haven't been able to get the head buzz, the feeling of being completely present that I can feel in my head, this little buzz. I haven't been able to experience it because I've been more consciously trying to pay attention to my breath and less feeling the breath in my body. I'm not letting the sensation consume me, but I'm trying to use my mind instead, which allows me to do the, the mechanical part, but it fails on delivering my senses the benefits of that 10 minutes in silence. And I've experienced this in the past, and there's reasons why I'm finding it more difficult recently to be in that present moment as when I was meditating a few months ago when I was getting the head buzz. But regardless, this is one of the, the things that I see happening where I'm trying to mechanically do the meditation and my brain allows me to sit there and I can focus on a certain part of my breath, but I don't lose myself in it. I'm not feeling the breath. I'm counting the breath. I'm using my brain to pay attention to the breath. In matters such as faith and belief, like meditation, there is a differentiation and there is a huge difference in knowing versus being able to know. Having a knowing is like what you feel in your body. It engulfs your existence in a space around you. You feel it. To know is isolated in the cognitive part of your brain. To know and to be able to cognitively explain something, you can't capture the vastness of knowing. What you know cannot explain with words the knowing that you have. Your language game can only attempt to capture the grand stature and hidden magnificence of what you feel. There's a lot we know and can intuitively feel without being able to put into words. For example, the rules of the game. Children at a, at a very early age are born with an understanding that is greater than their conscious abilities. Concepts of fairness, Love, connections, validation, aiming at a goal, pointing at something. Children can play a game by the rules without being able to articulate the rules of that game. It's a knowing. Does it even matter if they are even able to know, understand, or explain the step-by-step -step articulable rules of that game if they have a knowing of how to play it and they understand conscious, uh, unconsciously how to be fair and how to get along and how to be a team and how to play their part and their role in that game, it doesn't even matter if they can explain it to you. It's annoying. There is a place for thinking and there's a place for knowing. I can see how it's tempting to break down the unconscious processes that are the grounds of our actions at least for the analytical types, with, we think we should have a mental model for everything. 
But paying too close of attention to something that is foundational disrupts its rhythm. Just try and play an instrument you are well-versed at or break down in slow steps the most basic of things that you do around the house that you work, like driving a car or anything. If you pay too close attention, the strum loses its rhythm. You can almost say it loses its feeling. Resembling the beginnings of a musician who can learn to mechanically play a piece versus that same musician years later who now feels that piece and lets the finger, fingers do the playing. There is an audible difference in those performances. You can feel the difference. Your fundamental duties can become disrupted by the friction caused by your analysis. It will slow down and break the deep unconscious processes occurring at lightning speed that appear like mastery. It's no longer autonomy if you try to regain the wheel and steer, especially when you have already done the fundamental work that keeps you on course. So why revisit? You better have a clear answer on this or you will go astray without a valid purpose. So every day still, I write to God, and every time someone tells me something about universal forces, the analytical part of me is still tempted to ask, how can you be so sure? How can you say that so effortlessly and believe it so firmly? I recognize the beauty in their knowing and judge the lack of my own. And I recognize and realize that it is the very thing that I need to apply. That I also need to silence the questioning mind, the shifting mind, the confusing mind, the transient, unrelenting, ruthless mind. To stop thinking. To stop sinking. And just have a knowing. That thinking has no place here. And the place it will take me when it shows up uninvited to a party that's not meant for it is dark and temporary and turbulent like itself. It does no good to listen to something that is temporary and use its measure to size up the permanent, the ever-present. The temporary stands for very little. It will remain standing for very little. You are not the casted doubt of your mind in those passing moments. The thing, the things it casts doubt on do not diminish in their breath. You are what remains throughout, what can see them come and go. You are the you that must negotiate between the two. You are the you deep inside that resonates with this. The one that has no questions for its validity. Think or feel.
choose wisely. There is a place for both. Better yet, there is a better place for the integration of both. We've been given a heart and a head for a reason. It's a symbiotic dance. They work in tandem. Just remember to let the right one lead at the right time, even by just one step to guide the other. That one step of guidance unblocks the beauty of the dance, the rhythm, the effortless flow. Love you, my friends. May your head and your heart work in concert to give you the life you deserve.